um what is this woo is yeah. this- <laughs> can't remember which podcast this is for isn't it i think it's supposed to be hollywood's haunted if okay I'm yeah wondering. oh that would make sense because it's ghost stories yeah. Yeah. All right. So no spooky ghost sound, which is ironic, I guess, because this is the haunted. I know this one should be but... <laughs> should... just have the ah! I'm gonna scream. I'm gonna scream. Okay. You ready? Tortured screams, okay. No, yeah. No, because no one wants to hear that when they when they tune Oh, nobody wants to hear that. You're right. <laughs> I won't make it that bad. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I could do like a ghost moan. Ooh, no, that's okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, please leave all of this right, in. Yeah, please leave this whole conversation in. Here we go. Screen. Cartoon yeah. screen. Ready? One, two, three. Ah! <laughs> that's really good. I like that. I think it's I very like similar it. to what we do on the other one, but I guess. <laughs> Look at Debbie Downer here. Right, yeah. Uh, we're going to right. go with take two, guys. All right. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Let me do the intro. All right, okay. Here we go. Intro. Welcome everyone to Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast, where we talk about um, haunted stuff that has to do with Hollywood and famous people and uh, other spooky things, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, tonight, our wonderful hosts this evening. Uh, is the lovely Teresa in Northern California. Hi, everyone. Woo! Woo! And uh, the less lovely Patrick here oh, in Nevada. No, his, his, he's got a great personality. <laughs> um, I'm not going I'll just twist the name a little exactly, bit. Exactly, yeah. Just, just let, cha, let it cha, keep going. Cha, cha, cha. Oh, you're and repeating. I'm just stabbing. Stabbing. Oh, yeah. Cha, cha, cha. Ooh, ooh, that's my twist. Oh, no. I have no idea. Now. I have no idea why it sounds like that. Uh, I've had a few cups of wine. Ooh. I am drinking. I know you guys already know, but our fans, fan, should know. <laughs> um, <laughs> They should definitely know. Uh, our fan, Christina, um, should know that I'm drinking cupcake wine, uh, lighthearted Sauvignon Blanc. It has less than one gram of sugar per five ounces and 80 calories per five ounces. So, so, so please, please. For the health conscious wine drinker. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Please, uh, if you want to support the podcast. Uh, cupcake wines, you know where to send me some wine. <laughs> um, what are you drinking over there in California? I'm still drinking my favorite cut water, Mai Tai Tiki oh, Rum. Nice. This is, let me just tell you, 12.5% alcohol by volume. Hey, hey. It is pretty damn delicious for a canned cocktail. Yeah, and right. it will mess you up. So nice. drink with drink with care. Yeah. No, these are the best. Seriously, they're like, uh, I think they're like about thirteen dollars plus tax or something. So For you like get four bucket. four cans, but you know, I just love it. It's a cocktail I don't have to mix, and yeah, they actually make their own spirits. So cut water spirits in right. San Diego. 
You could also so, uh, sponsor. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we'll take basically any alcohol sponsor, I guess. Yeah. Like, at this point. Like, <laughs> there's nothing that, I mean, like we said before, maybe not like the non-app. We, we, don't, we, need, we don't need a sponsorship from Oduals. I will take a sponsorship from anyone at this <laughs> oh, point. True, yeah. So <laughs> sorry, Oduals. We we would love to push. I will marinate chicken with your with your Oduals. Um, <laughs> bright sellers. Just gonna put that out there. Bright sellers. Are we, is, are we just like <laughs> fish, fish for advertisers for the first ten minutes. Is that what, is this a segment now? Um, you know. no. Also, uh, for the regular people, if you want to support us, we have no, our right. Patreon at HH the Podcast slash Patreon slash. No, Patreon.com slash HH the Podcast. Right? I don't know. You made it. So okay, I'm yes, going to Patreon.com slash HH the Podcast. Not what I said before. All right. So our subject for today. <laughs> um, we're going to go into a little American history, ghost history. That's where I'll insert like. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. That was good. Just that yeah, was good. That's true. Yeah. Um, Colonial. Big that yeah. theme, right? Like every time you yeah. see the <laughs> that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You remember the Pledge of Allegiance? I just want to know if you know it. Oh, my God. It's to the flag and to the republic for which it stands, one nation. Did you know that, fun fact, this is under God was not actually in the original Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, no, it was added like in the 50s or something. Why was it added? We'll need a whole separate podcast for that. My guess is communism. Right, yeah. I'm going to guess the, like the HUAC or whatever, the House and American Activities Committee, uh, had yeah. something to do with it. That's my guess. Yeah. Um, One nation, know. indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Yeah. That's Woo. it. Could never forget well, it. Yeah. And we know who's not a common communist in this group here. So. <laughs> 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 not me. I fucked it up, so that's not a good thing. I didn't so get past. I, I, I pledged for a second. I'm like, I know this is all recorded now, so great. Yes, uh, that was kind of weird, though. It's like they just make you get up and okay, stand for the pledge. Yeah, to like remind. Yeah, you. on a I'm daily like, basis. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It's Hand very, over I mean, the heart, you know. It's like, basically yeah. religious. Yeah. You just kind of stop doing it in like high, halfway through middle school and like high school. You just stop doing it. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which grade it stopped? I think it was high school. I don't know if we really even did it in like fifth grade or anything like that. Just I guess it depended on like the teacher wanting to do it or not. And I guess I went to a Catholic school, so it was like Pledge of Allegiance. You know, they would do in the beginning, and then like some weird, you know, right prayer, daily prayer. Yes, ritual. I also Um, had to pray Pizza Tuesday or something. (laughs) Gold bars will still be sold in the cafeteria. American history. (laughs) So uh, the theme for today is, I guess, American, American Gothic, American ghosts. Yeah. Goths goths in America. Yeah. Um, Woo. Yes. uh, The title for the episode can be American Gothic. That's fair. Um, A little (laughs) ghost of America. I don't know which one of you want to go first. Um, Um, 
I don't remember what Patrick's topic is. Um, um, the Get Gettysburg ghosts. Oh, Gettysburg? Yeah. Oh, so we're right, we're kind of around the same time frame, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Although mine spans a little bit longer because it kind of goes into past that time frame, but uh, it's up to you. I have the ghosts of the White House and Mary Todd Lincoln. Okay. Well, have, let's just have Pat go first because then okay. he can, like, he's the establishing shot. Uh, yeah, that's true. I guess Bird did happen before then. Yeah. I'll be the framing device for your story. Okay. Um, but now's a good time to take a break. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay, no, I just said that we could insert break here if it's uh, time for that. If not, uh, edit I that mean, out. I mean, I guess if it's like past like 20 minutes, then yeah, we should take a break. Okay, anyways, go. Um, so yeah, Gettysburg ghosts. Um, after looking it up, like initially, like there was a ton of uh, haunted tours in Gettysburg. Yeah. Holy crap, I thought New Orleans had a lot. Gettysburg has like maybe 90 different tour like companies you know oh, really um, wow one yeah, of them but i guess there's a lot of a lot of reasons why i actually we'll know nothing that. about gettysburg what was like so this yeah, was like yeah well i'm gonna start with that yeah okay um so gettysburg itself is a, a borough and town in the u.s state of pennsylvania um also known for hershey park oh yeah uh, <laughs> It's known for Gettysburg National Battlefield, which was the site of a turning point in the Civil War, uh, now part of the Gettysburg National Military Park. The park also includes the Gettysburg Museum and Visitor Center, where they display Civil War artifacts, and Gettysburg National Cemetery, uh, where a memorial marks the site of Abraham Lincoln's The Gettysburg Address, which happened in 1863. Oh, yeah. Also, I got this, this information, of course, from Google and Wikipedia. Um, the battle itself lasted three days from July 1st to July 3rd. Gettysburg was the bloodiest battle ever fought on American soil, mm. uh, with up to 10,000 Union and Confederate troops dead and another 30,000 wounded. Jeez. Yeah, it's like the, the worst on American soil. Uh, so basically, um, to give you a couple of reasons why this was important, which I got from uh, history.com, which I get from, I get tons of stuff from history.com because mm -hmm. the history channel is amazing. It's mm -hmm. history. Right, yeah. 99% like <laughs> of podcasts. Of what we research, yeah. yeah. Can't really research anything that happened in the future. <laughs> um, so Gettysburg, uh, like I said before, which end, uh, ended the Confederacy's last scale, uh, last full-scale invasion of the North. Um, following the victory at Chancellorsville, uh, Confederate General Robert E. Lee, who we all know of, uh, okay. led his army of Northern Virginia across the Potomac River into Union territory. Uh, this was June 1863. Lee, Lee had invaded the North prior year only, only to be repelled at Antietam. But on this occasion, his army was at the peak of its strength as it had pressed across the Mason-Dixon line into Pennsylvania. A victory at Gettysburg could have launched Confederate forces to Philadelphia, Baltimore, or even Washington, D.C. Um, instead, Lee's army suddenly shifted from offense to defense, and after the defeat, and 10 days later, crossed back over the Potomac into Virginia. And never again would the Confederacy regain its momentum and push as deeply into Union territory. 
which is why many historians and authors consider Gettysburg the high watermark of the rebellion because that was the last time they did any invasion. Everything else was a defensive move, basically, until after that point. Um, the battle proved that uh, that the that basically Robert E. Lee was having a huge hot streak at that point. He had been, um, I think it was like a year and a half, basically, where everything was just progression. You know, there was no defense. So this was the war that kind of made, or the battle that kind of made the soldiers believe, like, he can be defeated. Um, while Lee had been fought uh, to a draw at Antietam, the Union High Command had yet to achieve a decisive victory over the Confederate general. In spite of being outnumbered, Lee had engineered significant victories at Second Bull Run, Fredericksburg, and Chancellorsville, among others. Meanwhile, Abraham Lincoln relieved a string of Union generals, um, General uh, George McClellan, Ambrose Burnside, and Joseph Hooker, of command of the Army of the Potomac, due to their failure to stop Lee's army. Which I, don't, I, don't, I didn't remember that, but I thought that was interesting. But that always happens every time there's a loss in any war. We see it nowadays today, you know, like when someone doesn't, you know, when the war in Iraq was mishandled, they immediately fired the top general and it's like, mm, yeah. is it just because you're losing or, you know, right. or is this person really doing a bad job? Yeah. Um, but that was what Lincoln did. Lincoln's latest choice, General George Meade, had been installed just days before Gettysburg. Um, Lee's sterling record inspired complete trust in his troops and fear in his enemy. The Battle of Gettysburg, however, finally proved uh, the bold general to be valuable, like I said before. Um, Gettysburg stunted possible Confederate peace overtures. Uh, five days before the start of the Battle of Gettysburg, Confederate President uh, Jefferson Davis, which I totally forgot there was a Confederate president, which was so weird to yeah. Jeez, oh. I just realized I knew nothing about the country I live in. It's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know, it's, it is weird. It's, it's yeah. like you don't think about it because like it was such a small time. It was actually yeah. a really small time frame that that, that that was divided like that, you know? Yeah, yeah uh, but that's the, true. The, the war itself was extremely gruesome. Like, like I said before, this is the worst ever on yes. American soil. Yes. You know, so it's, yeah, there's just weird to realize that like it was so heavy that they had their own structures already they had a president of the confederacy and the president of the union but i don't know when i think about when earlier i thought of it more as like the general of this army and the general of this army not presidents i'm literally googling him right now because i'm like i've I, the name sounds familiar jefferson jefferson davis, davis. I, I think he maybe later on was like a secretary treasurer or something like that or maybe a vice president oh I don't know this guy at all. <laughs> Former United States Secretary of War. Secretary of War, okay. Oh, okay. He's a member of the Democratic Party. But at this time, what we think of Democrats was different than what we it is today because the party switched sides at some point, which I still don't fully understand. Well, I mean, the, I mean, all the things are backing up and stuff switch as time goes on. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different, it's definitely a different term nowadays. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so yeah. Oh, get this place of burial, Hollywood cemetery in Richmond, Virginia. There's a Hollywood. Yeah, was, yeah, in, sorry. Yeah. I'll shut up. Oh no, you're good. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. No, that's what I thought that too. That's funny. That is interesting. Yeah. Um, so president Jefferson Davis or Confederate president Jefferson Davis dispatched vice president Alexander Hamilton Stevens to negotiate a prisoner of war exchange with Lincoln under a flag of truce. 
Davis also gave Stevens license to proceed with broader peace negotiations. On July 4th, Stevens sat aboard a boat in Chesapeake Bay, awaiting permission to sail up the Potomac. Once news of victory at Gettysburg reached Lincoln, however, he denied the Confederate vice president's request to pass through Union lines to come to Washington, D.C. for negotiations. So basically, if the Confederate had won that battle, uh, they were going to try to get a peace negotiation with, with President Lincoln. And at that time, because if, if they would have lost that battle, they they would have thought of it as like, well, we better do the peace negotiations because they're killing us. You know, that was that was like the last straw, you know, so they would have thought there's no way we're going to win this war. So let's just make peace, which yeah. basically means that at that point, there would have been two countries and it would have lasted a lot longer wow. because of that war, you know, so like it was really, yeah. really important this battle that oh, won. Yeah. Um, the spirits of a war-weary North had reached a low point at the beginning of summer in 1863. The Union had endured a string of losses, like I said before, and now Lee had brought the war to their territory. Uh, a loss at Gettysburg could have devastated Union morale and pressured the Lincoln administration to negotiate a peace that would have resulted in two nations. Linked with news of the victory at Vicksburg on July 4th, however, Gettysburg renewed public support for the war. Davis called Gettysburg the most eventful struggle of the war because by it, by it, the drooping spirit of the North was revived. Um, this one was really interesting too. Gettysburg ended Confederate enslavement of free blacks from the North. Uh, thousands of slaves served in support roles for the Army of Northern Virginia, and as Lee's army marched into Pennsylvania, they seized as many as 500 African Americans some former slaves, some free their entire lives, and then brought them back to Virginia to be sold into slavery. Wow. Yeah. Oh One resident of Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, reported seeing some of the town's African-Americans driven by just like we would drive cattle. And at least one Confederate brigade, brigade threatened to burn down any Union house that harbored a fugitive slave. Oh uh, the battle led to the Gettysburg Address in which Lincoln redefined the Civil War as a struggle for freedom and democracy. I couldn't tell you a single word from the Gettysburg Address. I think Four that... score and seven years ago. Is that it? Is that yeah, it? No, yeah. No. What is, yeah. is that? Is it? it? Is. Oh, That's no. That's how the Gettysburg what? Address oh, begins. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Four God. score and seven years ago. Our forefathers. Oh. I had to learn it in... In voice class. In oh my God. Um, okay, maybe I do remember something. I know it because they allude <laughs> to it in the musical Hair. Oh, uh, that's all yeah. No, it is in Hair. You're right. Exactly. They almost do the whole thing in Hair. Yeah. They also, they also quote Shakespeare and Hair, which makes it a fantastic musical for many reasons. I was about to say, yeah. yeah. Apparently, if you're listening to this, watch Hair. You learn a lot about history. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, that's it. The Gettysburg Address, yeah. That's we, funny. I did not. That's funny. I feel so stupid for even denying that. No, don't feel stupid. <laughs> that's not it. No, it's because oh, I said no, it. That's yeah. why. It's because I said no, it. That's, that's why you're that's like, not no, why. that's I not was it. Just like, I was just like, it can't be it. I immediately it. knows it. It can't be it. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all learning about the rich history of America together. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Selling um, the battle led to the Gettysburg Address, uh, where Lincoln redefined the Civil War as a struggle for freedom and democracy. Uh, land preservation efforts began immediately after the Battle of Gettysburg and resulted in a national cemetery consecrated by Lincoln on November 19, 1863. Uh, in a mere 272 words, Lincoln's Gettysburg Address recast the war as not merely a struggle to maintain the Union, 
but as a battle for larger human ideals. Mm-hmm. Lincoln called for a new birth of freedom and asserted that the survival of democracy itself was at stake. He told his countrymen that the task remaining was to ensure that the government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. I do remember this a little bit. Okay. Uh, the battle forever transformed the town of Gettysburg. Prior to the Civil War, Gettysburg had been a prosperous village that supported two small colleges. After the battle, however, it would be forever seared by the memories of the slaughter. In the battle's immediate aftermath, corpses outnumbered residents of the village just over 2,000 by 4 to 1. Oh my god. While it took years for the town to recover from the trauma, the first pilgrims arrived just days after the guns fell fell silent. In his book, Gettysburg, The Last Invasion, Alan C. Gueltzo reports that hundreds of people arrived by wagon just two days after the battle to see the carnage for themselves and that by August 1863, visitors could be found picnicking picnicking on Little Round Top amid shallow graves and rotting bodies of dead horses. What? Yeah. <laughs> Striking the balance between battlefield preservation and commercial development remains a constant debate in Gettysburg, which oh is God. like every haunted place that I've ever researched. Yeah. Because yeah. it's, like, it's usually like a historical place that there's someone's trying to preserve, but right. it's like... It's also like someone. How do you how do you? And it's also like how do you pay to preserve it? You know, so there has to be like that's why you know a lot of ghost tours exist too. You know, because oh wow, it's it's helping out. And you're trying to bring, uh, I don't know, attention to a spot, Mm -hmm. and people will always want to hear about ghosts. But the thing about ghost tours and that sort of thing is like you can sprinkle in education and history into that as well mm-hmm. and appreciate appreciation for older things, you know. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Um, so in the aftermath of the Battle of Gettysburg, thousands of dead and Union Confederate soldiers uh, covered the fields and hills surrounding the town. Workers, soldiers, and townspeople sweated through the July heat to bury the dead, often in shallow trenches or mass graves. These hasty, improper burials were more for the necessity of the living than the respect for the dead. By the end of July, however, an idea was proposed that would not only aid the fight against the spread of illness and disease from the dead and the poor burials, but also provide a more honorable honorable burial for those Union soldiers that had given their last full measure of devotion. Um, From late October 1863 through March 1864, over 3,500 Union soldiers were disinterred from the battlefield and reburied in the newly established Soldiers National Cemetery atop Cemetery Hill. 3,500 bodies they moved uh, to a new cemetery, which we always know is moving moving the dead is always a good idea. Uh, The process of removing the dead and working to identify them uh, now months removed from, the, from their initial burial, was supervised by Samuel Weaver. Uh, as work progressed on Soldiers National Cemetery for Union Soldiers, Confederates' remains were left on the battlefield for nearly another decade. Uh, between 1871 and 1873, uh, over 300 Confederate soldiers uh, went to cemeteries in the South, uh, most to Hollywood Cemetery in Richmond, Virginia. Although his father, Samuel, had reburied Confederates upon the battlefield when they had been found during the creation of the National Cemetery, his records, when combined with those of Dr. John O'Neill, meant that many Confederate burials could still be located. But I think that was back in then where the, well, we don't want to find the Confederate burials. We don't really care. Because it was so close to when the war happened. You know, 
they didn't want to, they didn't really care about finding, they were like, oh, well, we'll look for the union bodies, but, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? I think that's what it was, like, that, that, that's what it sounds like. Which is a shame, because it's all history that needs to be preserved, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. But, um, also, yeah. fuck Confederates, but, uh, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. and if you have a Confederate flag on you today... Go to hell. <laughs> Go yeah. yourself. I, uh, I hate to say there's someone in this campground now that has oh, one yeah. on the back of their rig. Oh, yeah. And I Josh see and I were just like, like, come on. Uh, you know, it's like lost. small, but still, you should not have it on there at all. Yeah. Okay. So. Not, uh, not shy to share that opinion. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So basically, yeah, I won't get too into it. It's a, it's a cool article, but um, and I got it from uh, Lost and Found at Culp's Hill, um, which is just an independent blog out of, off of WordPress. Um, but basically, there's a lot of uh, burials um, that they, they still have tons of unknown soldiers yeah. because they're still finding bodies today. Like some yeah. of the stories are about like people like, digging a ditch for their property and then they'll find like a body in there yeah. like runoffs or clogged with body parts type of thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, so because of that, there is plenty of ghosts in Gettysburg, uh, which was a really long intro. It was like a 18 minute intro. Just to... Well, you know, get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> get just do it. Uh, <laughs> um, dun, dun, dun. So, what was I? I did want to do this number. When the can the, the five thousand horses and fifty thousand men lay dead and dying in Gettysburg. Uh, so that that's just an interesting thought to go off of because that's every time I hear about the amount of people like when we worked in the Queen Mary, knowing the amount of people that died on the ship just right. just from regular things, yeah. you know, like especially when there's that crash. You right, know, and yeah. they fucking took out that whole they other took boat. Out a whole other boat, yeah. yeah. We don't have the records of that other boat either. Yeah, we had the records of the people that died on that on boat. the ship, yeah, but not on the boat. Yeah, and then the out. war. Though there were there was lots of there was records missing from the yeah. war. Yeah, but yeah. Anytime you like New Orleans too, like there's lots of history there. So you know there's yes. a, so when you know about that and all the amount of people, the amount of death like that, like and then it's like hard to like think that the spirits yeah. wouldn't be there or yeah. somebody wouldn't be there, you know, especially such a pivotal and emotional attachment. attachment are there, are there event. horse ghosts? Um, I just hope they are because it's really hard to say horse ghosts. Horse ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> I want that. That's hilarious. Um, I don't think I found a horse ghost. I don't think so, no. Horse ghost? Oh, horse ghost. <laughs> <laughs> He was German. <laughs> this is horse. He's a ghost. Um, I'll cut that for any of our German fans. Um, <laughs> a horse ghost. Uh, horse. Did I do it right? That's horse. Time. Did I do it right? I, ghost. Did, I did it wrong again. A horse ghost. A horse, <laughs> horse ghost. All right. No T. Right. Neither of them. Okay. So uh, the Daniel Lady Farm. Uh, was used as the Confederate Army's field hospital. Soldiers who suffered from artillery wounds, a lot of chest wounds, and lost limbs were brought to the farm to recover or to suffer through the final moments of their lives. The farmhouse and barn saw their share of ghastly horror. 
the ghost of General Isaac Ewell and his corps of 10,000 still reportedly haunt this whole farm. Uh, the Cash Town Inn, and uh, yeah, if anybody is listening, I'm going through like the location. So if you guys you know, want to write it down when you guys go to Gettysburg, but like I said, there's like a million tours out there, so you're gonna have somebody that knows what they're doing probably more than the guy that researched this a couple days ago. Um, <laughs> Cash Town Inn, uh, just eight miles west of the tiny town. Uh, which is uh, Cash Town Inn was the site where the first soldier was killed during the Gettysburg campaign of the Civil War. The current owners believe that they have proof of their ghostly visitors. Jack Palladino and his wife have pictures from 1987 through 2007 of strange orbs and skeletons showing up in their photos. According to Mr. Palladino, he and his guests have heard their share of thumping doors. They've also witnessed lights turning on and off on their own and doors locking and unlocking themselves. Um, the Gettysburg Hotel um, uh, is filled with tales of eerie hauntings. A ghost of a woman has been seen dancing in the hotel's ballroom. Uh, paranormal investigators believe the spirit of a Union soldier named James Culbertson of Company K, Pennsylvania, still roams around that hotel. The Baldury Inn offers spectacular views of the countryside, um, but apparently also views of ghosts. Located on the Hospital Road, the inn served as a Union Field Hospital. Oh, it's like oh. somebody's screaming, right? Yeah. Oh God, I was like, why did you guys just look behind you both? <laughs> that was really creepy. Oh. It's no, that siren. That siren just sounded like, it sounded like one of those Halloween decorations that's like, oh, really? Oh, weird. That sounded like that. Um, I think you just had it, it was like stuck or something. Yeah. Or like um, the beginning of that, oh, the beginning of that one <laughs> Black Eyed Peas song. Um, <laughs> oh, song yeah. <laughs> Where they use that ghost noise? That whatever. All right now I've got to shut. Well, now I'm gonna. Well, now I have to research that right, right now. Um, so located uh, on Hospital Road, the Baldry Inn uh, served as a Union Field Hospital during Day Two of the Battle in Gettysburg. Susan Lonke, the owner of uh, the Baldur Inn, has collected dozens of stories and photos of her guests' ghostly encounters. According to a psychic, the inn appears to be haunted by Confederate soldiers buried underneath a nearby tennis court. Which is crazy. <laughs> uh, there's also the ghost train. Tourists can also take a 90-minute ride of the ghost train, the only ghost tour in Gettysburg that takes visitors across the actual battlefield. Mm. Wow. One of the tourist storytellers says he and passengers have smelled cigar smoke and seen the souls of soldiers roaming around the train or near the tracks while traveling across the historic battlefield. Um, so there's uh yeah, there, so you can you can also do like uh, during the day and stuff like you can walk around and apparently you know pretty much all of these sites um, because it's like still like an open up farm town sort of. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's lots of tourism because of the battle and all that. But you, it, like during the day, apparently you can walk around and do whatever. And, and there are some like interesting photos and videos out there. There's one that came out recently that uh, people. It does look pretty interesting, but someone did point out that it it looks like there's a they're driving or maybe it's on the train, the ghost train or something. But they're going past these two cannons uh, that you know were used in in the war. And as they're driving past the cannons, so, you know it's dark, so they're just just the headlights, you know. 
and as they're going past, you can see these like two figures. It seems like they like get up and then like dart across the screen. And it looks really creepy, but mm. as you go back, you you notice that there's like a water droplet stream that's on the windshield, you know. So it's kind of at an angle of like this, you know. So yeah. it's kind of the exact same way the lights move. Mm. So it was wow. really just them turning around the corner and hitting a light, and that light looks like it's you know just immediately hits the water drop and goes up. But you know, um, it's really interesting. But yeah, somebody did kind of debunk it. But there, are, like I said, there's like tons and tons and tons of photos and videos out yeah. there. Uh, and I'm sure if you go out to visit, visit it, the owners of all these places have some cool stuff to show you. So, mm -hmm. sure. Speaking of photos, though, of Gettysburg, you've heard about that kid, the guy that claims that he, when he was a kid, he time traveled to Gettysburg. It's this picture of the Gettysburg Address with the oh, kid in the center. Right. Yeah. Hold that up. Where there's like the kid in the middle. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll message it to you. But I just thought of that right now where you were talking about Gettysburg. So the guy's name, he's a lawyer, his name's Andrew Basago, claims to have been part of a top secret U.S. time travel experiment as a child that his father was in, uh, like, in the government. And his father was, like, this engineer who worked for them on trying to create, like, a time travel machine and used his son in experiments. And he says that he claims that he was at the Gettysburg Address and that famous picture of the Gettysburg Address where there's like a child right in the center, that's him at the oh, Gettysburg wow. Address, oh. um, which will be its own podcast in the future, right, you know, yeah, when we get back. I feel like we did talk about it, though, on too. one of the old podcasts. I mean, we did talk about time travel. We've talked about time travel before. That. Maybe that, maybe not. I don't know if we included that one. That specific story. We could do but that, We cool. could talk about it in the future, but I just thought of that right now. Huh. But yeah, that's the Gettysburg. I mean, there's yeah, like I said, there's a lot of tours and stuff out there. So I think it, I think that would be a fun place to check out because there's just so much death there. There's so much death. That's that's, yeah. that's crazy. And like, and this was a huge turning point in the war, the Gettysburg Address too. Right. Like that, there's obviously, I, I mean, not obviously, you know, spirits or whatever. You know, there's no yeah. really way of measuring it. But if you're someone that believes that spirits are attached to energy or emotion or anything like that or memory. You know, then this would obviously be a huge hot spot for that type Definitely. of stuff. Definitely, yeah. So, yeah. I think I I think it'd be a fun one to visit. You know, like there's nothing yeah. like I don't know, there's no you know demonic stuff or anything like no. that. No. So if you're, well, if you're I'll say like <laughs> for my own experience, I have actually been to Gettysburg. Before. Yeah. Okay. Yes, cool. I've been there, and I walked around, and but it was um. It was, I don't know when, mid-2000s, let's say. So, I mean, I wasn't quite, I was just starting to really get into ghosts and the like. So, I didn't really um, do too much probing. But it definitely, like, when you when you are there on standing on the ground and you can see it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, totally expansive, you know, the whole thing. You just wow. have, there's so much ground to cover, so... Really? It's just one wow. of those, yeah, it's one of those things where you just really have to walk around and, you know, I would love to go back, though, for the ghost aspect now, because I was not thinking about that at the time. <laughs> I was yeah. just like, oh, this is historical. This is part of our country, our history. But and it, I was just there with a friend, you know, we were walking around mm -hmm. um, on our downtime doing something else. But, you know, yeah, it's definitely you should you should see it, you know. 
I think I went on my eighth grade field trip to DC, but I'm not sure. That was such a fucking long time ago. <laughs> I don't know how far that would be from DC. I feel like maybe we were out there. I had I don't remember maybe. hardly anything from that trip other than like going to the mall at one point and eating. <laughs> Like I don't remember anything historical at all from that trip. It was That's so funny. it was so wasted on me. My poor parents. <laughs> uh, my poor parents saved up a lot like, of money. We were not well off. We saved up a lot of money, and I don't remember hardly anything. What do you remember from our nation's capital? Well, I went shopping. You know, <laughs> capitalism. I went to the mall. Wait, but you could mean the mall on the National Mall. That's outside, yeah. um, you know, where the Smithsonian is and stuff. Like, right, it was probably that because we did yeah. go to the Smithsonian. Yeah. Um, Smithsonian I know we're supposed to go to Ford Theater, but we ran out of time to do that. Ooh. And I'm so upset that we were not able to go to that. Because yeah. I, I didn't know much about America at the time, but I knew what that was. Right. And I'm so sad that we didn't get to go. So yeah. I'll have to go sometime in the future. Well, Now's a good time for a break. Yes, because all that talk leads right into my topic. So, yeah, let's take a break. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Patrick, do you love my earrings? Oh, my God. Well, they're from Spooky Bean Shop on Etsy, and we have a promo code for 10% off. Use Weird Podcast at etsy.com slash shop slash Spooky Bean Shop for 10% off and get yourself a pair of the cute earrings, too. Then we can be twins. But yeah, Teresa, we're gay. Okay, let's go. Yes. Um, so as I was saying before the break, yeah, uh, whatever you were talking about was, no, <laughs> you're talking uh, about Gettysburg yeah, yeah. and um, the Civil War. So that kind of leads me right into what my topic is, which is about ghosts at the White House and Mary Todd Lincoln. She definitely is in a class all by herself. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are two separate things, but they are also uh, very much related. And um, uh, let's see, this is kind of a quick overview of what the current mood of the country was at the time. And you know, just listening to Patrick talk about Gettysburg, yeah, I mean, it was so bloody, so awful, so horrible. The whole country was divided, and um, yeah, like you said, the worst uh, battle on American soil, the Civil War in our own United States of America. So mm -hmm. this is a warning, everyone. Let's learn mm -hmm. from this, mm -hmm. right? <laughs> America learned from its past. Right? We don't, we don't want to see this happen again. So we're going to get an email saying that this war never happened. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, the, the ghosts would beg to differ because yeah. they, they are, you know, there are many of them. Uh, but I will get into that in just a moment. First, like I said, I want to give a quick overview of what was going on in the country at the time. So it's so funny to think of the way that our nation, some of our nation or some of the people who are in power and believed should be 
a religious nation, although it is not supposed to be. Um, oh, yeah. We've just coming up with that recently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> laws should be made based on the religion of the country. Yeah. Apparently as one religion. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go too far over, but I will say that at the time period of which uh, my topic takes place, spiritualism was the big belief of the day, which is why I find that so ironic because, you know, uh, if any of you out there listened to our podcast uh, about when I was talking about the Fox sisters, Mm -hmm. that was spiritualism. And um, it basically, you know, kind of governed the way a lot of the country at the time in the late 1800s thought about death. And this was mostly for the middle and upper classes. So, you know, I guess if you were of a lesser social class than that, maybe you weren't quite into it, but definitely in the middle upper classes, they were into spiritualism. And once again, that is a belief system that centered on a doctrine in which the dead can communicate with the living. So a lot of seances were conducted through mediums or otherwise, and that was just the general kind of belief that was held. Um, As Pat was talking about Gettysburg and the Civil War, uh, the Civil War took place from 1861 to 1865, and spiritualism was not popularized really until the mid to late 19th century. By 1897, it was believed that spiritualism had more than 8 million followers. By 1897, like that was astounding to me. Um, More than 8 million followers between the U.S. and Europe. Like I said, mostly in the middle and upper classes. Um, And this was just a quote of the time. Spiritualist activity increased rapidly in America at a time when bereaved citizens were seeking new assurance of continuity and justice after death, and when traditional religion was becoming less able to offer this assurance. So maybe people were Christian and they were praying, but they were not able to get that kind of relief that may be trying to contact a loved one through a medium in a seance might offer them. Uh, They weren't going to be able to just go into church and pray and, you know, receive that relief. So they were turning to spiritualism. Um, And there was kind of, um, I think, an emotion across the whole country that, uh, in the United States, everyone was grieving from the Civil War. So they had all this grief and they needed a coping mechanism. So definitely spiritualism was going to be that coping mechanism for them, that they would be able to, to turn to that and maybe try to get some answers or, you know, try to make sense. And at the very least, it was just a comfort, you know, to try and, and, communicate with the people that they lost 
that they loved. So um, that leads us into Mary Todd Lincoln, who I said definitely is in a class all of her own. <laughs> she was the first lady of the nation when uh, President Abraham Lincoln was in office, the 16th president of the United States. And um, I definitely have heard about Abraham Lincoln my whole life being from Illinois, because as you know, that's the land of Lincoln. It's still on the license plate. So, and he came from Springfield. <laughs> so I went to, you know, see all the stuff in Springfield about Abraham Lincoln when I was younger, at least a couple times. Um, and so I, I'm pretty, and my dad is a big fan of Abraham Lincoln as well. And we actually still have a picture of, I thought this was strange. I came home one year and I just randomly saw this portrait, like a really spooky portrait too, of Abraham Lincoln hanging in our house that had not been there before. Right. And <laughs> I think my dad put it up there. I never mm -hmm. asked him about it, but every time I walk by it, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of funny to me that's just hanging there in the dining room but yeah. there he is I'm sure I have a picture of it somewhere um <laughs> anyway uh I will get to Abraham Lincoln and his spirit later um but back to his wife Mary Todd Lincoln she definitely practiced spiritualism in the White House unfortunately for Mary she had suffered many personal losses in her life her mother died when she was very young. And then after that, she lost three out of the four children she had, all at a very young age. Wow. Yeah. Um, her oldest son was the last son to survive. Um, she had four sons, Eddie, Willie, Tad, and Robert. Robert was the only son to live on into adulthood. So um, that was very hard. And then, of course, the most famous, infamous, I should say, um, death in her life was that she witnessed her own husband's brutal assassination uh, in front of her very eyes. So that was also horrible. But she turned to spiritualism, really. You like you just found out uh, you just found out Lincoln was assassinated. You know, this is like a whole thing, right? No idea. Okay. <laughs> he, he's like, he's like Jesus. Like, yeah. oh, like no, she was there at the poor theater. Oh, no, like, I'm just saying the compilation of everything. Yeah. Okay. No, that was a lot. Of stuff. Okay. No, I she this like, woman is not new like, news at the theater, all. Yes, yes. Like a, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, she suffered immense loss and she really turned to spiritualism for real after the death of her second youngest son, William, Willie, um, Todd. And he died in February of 1862. He died of typhoid fever and he was just 11 years old. And in, in the research that I did, it said that both Mary Todd Lincoln and Abraham Lincoln were both just completely shattered by the death of their son, Willie. Um, I mean, of course, the other deaths, I'm sure, had an impact on them. But yeah. um, for whatever reason, Willie 
they were just shattered over. So they never got over it. Um, deep in her grief, Mary Todd Lincoln found comfort in holding seances in the Red Room of the White House, which to me, you were talking to you about like, yeah, I don't know, know enough about the history of this country. I didn't even know that there was a house in the, or a house, a room in the White House called the um, Red Room. So, yeah, you know, like I've heard of like the Oval Office and like other stuff, but I haven't, I didn't even know, like the Red Room, that makes me immediately made me think of um, the Haunting of Hill House, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> the Red Room is inside there. Mm-hmm. So that's just where my mind went. But I wonder if that's where like Kennedy would like sneak his mistresses and stuff. Because I do know there was like a secret room, like right off the entrance yeah. to like get into a bedroom like super quick that could be i don't know (laughs) we'll have to look into that but yeah i mean now after doing all this research i definitely want to like visit the white house i don't know it would probably be too ordinary as a regular guest i'm sure you're you'd have to go through all this protocol but anyway i would i think it would be cool now based on everything i read um but Anyway, she held these seances in the White House, and uh, it's said that there she held probably at least eight seances, and she did this with, um, they were called the Lorries, that was their last name, the Lorries. They were mediums from Georgetown, Washington, so nearby, um, but uh, it's said that uh President Lincoln attended at least one of the seances. Some reports say he attended two, um, but he wasn't really big. He definitely wasn't as big on spiritualism as Mary Todd Lincoln was. Mm-hmm. Um, he kind of felt that, I'm not actually sure, but I mean, it's said that he just said, well, I have a simple faith in God and nothing more is needed, you know, so... He didn't, I don't think he really wanted to get into it that deeply, Um, but he kind of, you know, did support his wife in some ways with that. Um, But it's interesting because Mary Todd Lincoln was really, really convinced that the seances were working so much so that she told um, her half sister, she said, Willie lives. He comes to me every night and stands at the foot of the bed with the same sweet, adorable smile that he always has had. He does not always come alone. Little Eddie is sometimes with him. And little Eddie, of course, was the first son, and he died at age four. So I guess both of them um, were supposedly appearing to her. So she really found solace in the belief that one could communicate with lost loved ones. And I think that's what she really took away most from performing these seances and trying to get in touch with her sons mainly. Um, But after, um, after she lost her husband in 1870, she secretly visited William H. Mumler, uh, but then it became not so secret because uh, he was a self-proclaimed spirit photographer. And so 
there was a photo of Mary Todd Lincoln with Abraham Lincoln looking over her in like a ghostly, you know, shape and figure. And that was a widely circulated photo. So if you, you know, Google that Mary Todd Lincoln, William H. Mumler photo, you can see it. And yeah, it does. um, Excuse me. (laughs) It does by today's standards, obviously look very fake and fabricated. Yeah, Um, because you can see that he's it's clearly just like a representation of Abraham Lincoln looking like he's like literally standing over his wife, putting hands on her. I'm Um, Googling it right now. Yeah, you should Google it um, because he was obviously found out to be a fraud and the photos to be a hoax because he used photographic fakery, basically, to quote Doc Brown. you know, just not very um, sophisticated for us today because he used double exposure and, you know, all the kinds of tricks you can use to make it look like, yeah, yeah, make it look like someone's appearing. And I'm not really sure how that would convince Mary Todd Lincoln looking at it myself, but, you know, she was completely bereaved. I mean, that, that was the whole thing about her. She was looking for answers and just trying to find comfort and she had suffered all this loss. So who knows what was going through her head? You know, maybe that was a comfort to her. Um, But uh, it's interesting because I found out that Mary Todd Lincoln was not the, she was not the original (coughs) in the white house to bring the seances into the white house. Um, Yeah. That was, I was like, wait, what really? Yeah, um, before her in, I think it was two administrations prior, um, Jane Pierce, who was the wife of President Franklin Pierce, who quite honestly, I don't even remember Franklin Pierce being a president. I remember saying Pierce. Yeah, right. It like vaguely sounds familiar, but you're like, wait, was he really president? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I guess guess he was. But um, before Mary Todd Lincoln, Jane Pierce had invited none other than the Fox sisters to the White House. (coughs) Oh, wow. Yeah, to perform a seance in the 1850s. So... This was, like I said, right before Mary Todd Lincoln came into the White House and took over as First Lady. She was the last First Lady um, because the president in between Pierce and Lincoln uh, was single. He didn't have a wife, uh, to our Mm -hmm. knowledge, anyway. So anyway, she actually told Mary Todd Lincoln that she had done this, that she had had this had these seances or seance where she invited the Fox sisters because not unlike Mary Todd Lincoln, she had also lost her son uh, at a really, when her son was very young. So that's why she conducted the seances in the first place to try and get in contact with him. Um, But then of course we know what became of the Fox sisters uh, found out to not be, you know, exactly on the up and up. So Um, But I guess, you know, that wasn't known, of course, back then. So Mary Todd Lincoln was like, yeah, I'm going to take a chance with these seances anyway. 
that's okay. We'll see what happens if I do it. (laughs) um, Now getting uh, into the White House ghosts. Well, it's so interesting because once again, like you were saying, Tia, it's like you're an American, you're an American citizen, but how often do we really think about the history of this country? And like, I never thought about the White House. It's a freaking ghost house. I mean, I would love to visit it for that reason Mm -hmm. alone. Like, there's so many ghosts that are here that, I mean, my list is so long. Well, I'll just start going through it. Um, These are all the ghosts that are known anyway at the White House. So um, if you do ever visit the White House at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Mm -hmm. you will have quite a few spirits to look out for. The first and most famous one being, of course, the ghost of President Abraham Lincoln, which I'm going to get into him in a moment because he has his own separate category, but he's definitely the most famous spirit at the White House. Um, Obviously, his sons that I just talked about, Willie Lincoln and Eddie Lincoln. Um, I'm not sure about Tad Lincoln. Tad was the third oldest son and he um he died when he was 18 so he died after Mm -hmm. abraham lincoln died but i'm i haven't heard anything about tad but stay tuned um and then there of course is the unidentified 15 year old boy called the thing (laughs) they referred to him as the thing and that was during the taft administration of 1911 so i guess not that far from the last century um but uh they were saying that they didn't really know anything else about him other than he looked like a teenage boy in appearance and that president taft if anyone spoke of the thing that he would just discount it it would be discredited so um then of course there's aunt president uh, Andrew Jackson, who um, is said to haunt the Queen's bedroom, or also it's called the Rose Room. And he's often heard laughing, stomping, and swearing. And Mary Todd Lincoln said that she could hear him um, stomping and swearing specifically. So who knows? Uh, Thomas Jefferson was said to haunt the yellow oval room. And this is kind of interesting. He plays his violin, apparently. (laughs) So he's getting artistic with it. Uh, Dolly Madison protects the Rose Garden, so much so that when uh, Woodrow Wilson was in office, his wife wanted to relocate the the Rose Garden to a different area on the property and it was said that she got spooked out of not doing it. Dolly Madison wouldn't have it. She said, this is where I put the Rose Garden and this is where it should stay. So that didn't happen. Um, she's still haunting there. Uh, John Tyler is said to haunt the Blue Room. And that was when he was proposing to Julia Gardner, who was his second wife. William Henry Harrison said to haunt the attic and he was actually the first president to die in the white house inside the white house 
so yeah, I definitely believe he would be there. And the attic is now, um, I think I read it was like the, the third or second floor. So it's no longer the attic, but um, Abigail Adams is said to haunt the East Room, and that's where she hung the laundry. So to this day, it's said that the staff at the White House can still, if they go there, can smell the scent of wet laundry and lavender. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then uh, there's an unnamed British soldier who haunts the rooms of, or no, sorry, he haunt, he roams the White House grounds with a torch in his hand. <laughs> That's pretty spooky. Um, and yeah. he died during the War of 1812. So this was even before Whoa. the Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. he's a very old ghost. <laughs> and then um, David Burns haunts the Yellow Oval Room. And he actually owned the land on which the White House now stands. Mm. And then one of the last most notable ghosts would be Anna Surratt. She's said to be banging on the front of the White House doors, pleading to see, at the time, President Andrew Johnson. And she was begging for a pardon for her mother, Mary Surratt. And Mary Surratt just happened to be a Lincoln assassination conspirator. Mm. So she was begging for her life to not be executed or, I guess, whatever they were, were going to do to her. Um, but yeah, those are most of the ghosts of the White House. And then the most famous one, of course, as I said, being President Abraham Lincoln's ghost. Well, he appears mostly in the Lincoln bedroom and the yellow oval room. And he has been seen by quite a few people. And if his presence wasn't seen, it was felt by other people. So uh, it's said that he was seen first by First Lady Grace Coolidge when Ke uh, President Calvin Coolidge was in office. And she said that when she saw him, he was just kind of um, looking out the window and kind of contemplating. And then um, there was uh, Queen Wilhelmina of the Netherlands that also said she saw him. And that was during the administration of uh, President uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And she said that when she, um, she saw him, she opened the door, maybe she heard a noise or something. And she looked out the door and there he was in the top hat and all, just looking <laughs> like proper Abraham Lincoln. Um, so that freaked her out, obviously. And I'm sure it freaked out Grace Coolidge too, but the most famous sighting uh, was by none other than the British Prime Minister, Winston Churchill. Oh, and wow. Yes, he was staying in Lincoln's bedroom because it was said that, um, I don't know, it was just something that he did. He was visiting the United States. Of course, it was during the time of World War II. And so he was staying in, in the Lincoln bedroom and he took a bath. <laughs> he got out of the bath. He was naked, 
but he already started smoking his cigar, apparently. Mm. And he was inside the bedroom and he said he walked out and he saw President, the ghost of President Lincoln sitting by the fireplace. Wow. And then it's it's alleged that he's that he said, um, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. Yeah. What do you do after that? You just came out of the bathtub, you're smoking your cigar, Winston Churchill, like I can't imagine. <laughs> that to me was just hysterical. So of course, who really knows? Did it happen or not? I don't know, but it's a damn good story. It's funny. <laughs> so, um, and a lot of these stories um, got um, circulated or perpetuated by one of the staff at the White House at the time. And he went by the name of Jeremiah or Jerry Smith. He was a White House employee for over 35 years. And he started his stay at the White House during the um, administration of President Ulysses S. Grant. So that's, you know, that was in the 1860s. And he had been, he served a lot of roles in the White House. He was a footman, a butler, a cook, a doorman. And then his last official title you know, which he worked over the 35 years was official duster of the White House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice. I mean, I guess after all that, yeah, it'd be great to just dust things for a living. <laughs> yeah. But he was the official duster of the White House is his last claim to fame. But he would, um, it said that he would spin the tales of ghost sightings to reporters on slow news days. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> who knows? Okay. Maybe he got some compensation for that. Maybe not. But um, yeah, Jerry Jerry Smith, I guess, was the one to tell you all the tales about the ghosts at the White House. Um, but Abraham Lincoln's ghost was actually getting back to you know the tone of the nation at the time. He, his death, of course, was shocking and horrifying to, you know, thousands of people. But um, after his death, the idea of his spirit kind of looking over others, like in the photograph with Mary Todd Lincoln and other artists did representations of him, you know, um, looking over people. But it was kind of like he was looking over others as the father of the nation. And so that kind of comforted many families who were grieving. Um, you know, he was kind of raised almost to a deity status in that point, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but this is one thing that's super weird. Um, and I did not know at all. Apparently, allegedly, Abraham Lincoln dreamed of his own death. And... I have a quote here that I wanted to share with you guys because um, I just think it's so crazy. So he told this to um, a close friend of his 
Ward Hill Lehman or Lemon. I'm not sure how you pronounce that, but he wrote this down uh, about about and this is uh, what Abraham Lincoln supposedly said about 10 days ago. I retired very late. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. Then I heard subdued sobs, as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. I arrived at the East Room. Before me was a catalfk, I don't know that word, on which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Around it were stationed soldiers who were acting as guards, and there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face covered, others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House? I demanded of one of the, soldier, one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. That wow. is, yeah, that is what the friend said President Lincoln told his dream to him. And then um, he, uh, that wasn't the first time that he, quote unquote, saw his own death. After he got elected in 1860, he saw a double image of his face reflected in a mirror in Springfield, Illinois. And one was his real face. The other was a pale imitation. And it said that Mary Todd Lincoln didn't see the mirror images, and she was obviously believe, a believer in, you know, such things. But she said she was still deeply troubled by the account of things. And um, she actually prophesied then that the sharper image indicated that he would serve out his first term. And she said the faint ghost-like image was a sign that he would be renominated for a second term, but he would not live to complete it. So that's all very like spooky stuff that I had never heard before about yeah. Lincoln thinking of, you know, dreaming of his own death and seeing the image. And it's all just very creepy. So. Yeah, I, just, I have to say at this point, because that is the end of my research, but um, and I got most of it from the White House uh, Historical Association and also history.com. Patrick, <laughs> very good. Story. Yeah. But yeah, the White House Historical Association website, um, if you go there, if you're interested in this um, subject, yeah, it's got a great uh, resource. Um but I will say that all of this research, although it has nothing to do at all with the topic, it really made me think of Am Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> That's funny. I was, I was thinking about that, too. I was like, right? this should be Abraham Lincoln, Ghost Hunter. Right? Yeah. Or, 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 like, or just have it like be Mary Todd, Ghost mm -hmm. Hunter. Very talkative you know, because she was the actual ghost hunter. You know? Exactly, ghost Abraham. Yeah, that's with the sidekick of Ghost Abraham. Holy shit, yeah. that's a really good idea. <laughs> Cutting that out of the episode, we're gonna use that. I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's because it is brilliant. I mean, yeah. I, you know, she she would do it, and then you could. Oh my god, that's really smart. She would, and it's so sad. Actually, I I 
have to mention, because I did find this in the research as well, that um, her, the, son, the only son that was surviving, Robert, um, he apparently did commit his mother to an asylum against her will towards the Whoa. end of her life. Whoa. Yeah. And she had spent a significant amount of the family's fortune on spiritualism, mediums, wow. etc. But there still. <laughs> but still. And it said that she actually did die in Springfield, Illinois, in the house where she would um, leave to be Abraham Lincoln's wife. So I guess she died at home. But yeah, still yeah. pretty sad. I mean, wow. I, all, I, all I kept thinking after this was, wow, like, just she must have been in such a bad place, you know, just seems very yeah. dark. And not that I'm, you know, I, I'm not judging at all. I just, you know, that's why I thought of the Abraham Lincoln vampire under because like, I was like, well, in that story, Mary Todd Lincoln was, you know, a lot different, but still the significant mm -hmm. loss that she faced, it must have, it just must have been very hard. So can't imagine, but. Yeah. yeah, I just, I thought it was interesting once again, how, you know, in 2022, some of the nation is fighting to be completely Christian and, you know, but then look at the last century, they're all into spiritualism. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's just interesting. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, that's, I would love to, like you were saying about Gettysburg, I would love to visit the White House now and be able to, oh, yeah. you know, at least see the rooms where they're talking about, because like I said, I didn't even know there was a red room. Um, yeah, I'm, so. I'm still curious, like what other colors that we don't know about? You know? Yeah. <laughs> You've never been to the turquoise room? like Exactly. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I mean, who it. knows, right? Cool. Yeah, and if good, and if the contemporary staff can still smell Abigail Adams like laundry, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. I just thought that was really cool. So, so yeah, so the White House is a haunted house too. So think about that. <laughs> well, I have to put that on my list of places we need to visit. Right. Yeah. yeah. What our next trip is going to be, maybe DC. I mean, we, we could do like DC, DC, Gettysburg, Salem. Yeah, Seriously, like... you could go so many places around there. Arlington, Virginia, also is very cool. Oh yeah, that's where the Arlington National Cemetery is. I've been yeah. there as well, and that's very like. So that's where they do the um, what is it the. Oh, shoot, what is it called? The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? Uh, yeah. Oh, well, I have been there. Now yeah. I'm remembering the DC trip. Yeah. <laughs> I have been there. Yeah, they do the whole, like, like they, there always has to be someone on guard there, like 24-7. Mm -hmm. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, um, Arlington, Virginia, also I remember, um, if you guys do go there, you should go to Gatsby's Tavern. That was where George Washington apparently liked to go. And it's still there. Yeah. And it was like a favorite place of his. And the servers, I don't know, like, because this was like, 
a while ago. Let's say yeah. the mid 2000s. So I'm not sure what it is now, but um, at the time when we went there, it was very good food, and it and the servers dressed in like colonial <laughs> garb. So cool. yeah, cool. it was pretty cool. Yeah, and George Washington apparently really liked to go there. So. But yeah, I mean, if you go to DC, yeah, there's so many places that are like right nearby. So, oh, and uh, what is it? The other one? Um, oh shit, uh, I think it's Thomas Jefferson's estate, Monticello. Is that right? Cool. Um, yeah. Well, I saw it anyway. That was cool too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff right in the Washington DC area. So. I want to go back just for the spooky stuff now, though. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I feel like I saw the historical stuff. Now I want to know <laughs> what else is going on around there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. A lot of ghosts, of course. <laughs> I mean, cool. come on. Like, like Patrick was saying, like, yeah, there's got to be significant emotional reverberations or something. Yeah. Right? yeah. There was just so much death there. You know, yeah. not that that's like cool or anything, but I mean, you know, it's cool to look at, I guess, after the fact. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Just cool. I would definitely be looking at Gettysburg differently now if I was there today. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's another thing. Yeah. Going back to these places with that perspective, you know, knowing that before you go there. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I probably would have been more freaked out, like, oh my god, like right, <laughs> yeah. these encounters could happen, but they don't usually ever happen to me. But I'm okay with that. I still yeah. believe, so <laughs> I feel like that's enough. So right. maybe they only appear to non believers. I'm not sure, but <laughs> it's cool. <laughs> so yeah. Awesome. All right. So this has been Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast. Please like, subscribe, share for more Hollywood haunted, spooky stories. Stay tuned. Uh, please follow us on our Patreon. Please give us your money. Um, if you're listening, give us a dollar uh, at patreon.com slash H. You can be done coughing yeah, while sorry, I do this. Sorry, okay. Uh, give us your money. Give us a dollar. If you've listened, you can give us a dollar <laughs> at uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash hhthepodcast. Uh, listen to our sister podcast, uh, my weird little podcast where we get into more weird, uh, abstract things. Uh, and we have a lot of fun on that podcast. Um, definitely a little more off the wall subject matter. Uh, you can find my TikToks at my weird little podcast where occasionally I do TikToks, um, which I'll do more of if you guys follow me. I have like 50 followers, so <laughs> 50 of you, I'm sure, are very entertained. Um, but yeah, so that's been Hollywood Haunted, the podcast. If you have any suggestions, you can email us at... Hollywood's Haunted, the podcast at gmail.com. Hollywood's Haunted, no podcast. Hollywood's Haunted at gmail.com. Send us your suggestions for any stories. And uh, creep it real. Ah. <laughs>